thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thank you, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Hello and welcome back to Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Welcome back to 2021. Well, not welcome back to 2021, but welcome to 2021. May, can you believe, where is this year going? Although I'm not complaining because I was very happy to see the back of 2020. But it's so nice to be back and have I got some fantastic guests for you this season. So let's kickstart season two with an incredible guest. She's a singer, actor, girl band member and MC when required. She was in the original cast of Bend It Like Beckham and can now be found on stage in the West End production of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Here's Sedgil Keshwala. Hello and welcome back everybody to the next episode of Thanks That's All For Today with me, your host, Harriet Mullen. And today I'm fangirling. I've got Sedgil Keshwala with me. Hello, Sedgil. Hey. Hey. I feel like we're actually having a little social catch up. Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, the sun's out. It's like we're in a coffee shop. I've got a cup of tea and I'm just <laughs> chilling. It's it's because I don't really get out much, not gonna lie, for the past year, haven't got out much. So I feel like I haven't seen you in a few years and we're we're having a little reunion. Isn't that mental? A few years. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that me being dramatic, but I don't no, it's not. That's that's fact. I don't think I've seen you since. So, a little anecdote here. I went to the W Hotel one night to watch the Dreamgirls cast do a little like, acoustic live lounge situation. And who was our fabulous entertainment halfway through? But Devolution, your girl band. Yes, I had that never. That wasn't the last time, was it? I. Oh no, what's that? Well, I I just remember seeing you rap to Nicki Minaj, and I was like, "Go on, girl." It was so great. It was so great. You and Lisa rapping. I love it. We'll talk about uh, the girl band a little bit later. I actually have remembered when the last time was. It was Robin Windsor's last dance. Yes. And then we were in hospital afterwards having drinks. RIP hospital. RIP hospital. That is three years ago, Sedgil. Oh, my gosh. November. Yeah. Wow. Nice to see you after three years. Yeah, you too. believe that so I'm gonna dive into your credits because I've got to get straight into it because I've got about a full (laughs) paragraph uh I'm I'm in awe of your jobs because these are some jobs that I would just absolutely love to do Sedgil is fantastic singer and actress currently Ray and everybody's talking about Jamie West End but we're waiting have you got a date to go back we do 20th of May we'll be opening if everything keeps on track fantastic fantastic now I was really interested to read that you did a BA ons in music at Newcastle I I'm a fellow music degree girl I had no idea I didn't know that about you either yeah um I went to BIM in in Brighton at the Institute of Modern Music and did a degree oh, yeah in music. yeah so I I found that common ground with you and I I had no idea no idea at all that you did that and then you went and did an MA at GSA yes fab I'm glad that was correct because that would have been embarrassing for me Uh, (laughs) listen to some of these credits guys honestly bend it like Beckham West End next to this credit next we're going into BV for Kimberly Walsh fab 
BV, Britain's Got Talent. I mean, these are some of the like session jobs that I would just love to do. Co-founder and musical director of Devolution. I, I love watching them. Uh, what was your name before, by the way? Sapphire Soul. That was it. <laughs> I could not re- so I I met you um through working with Lisa Marie Holmes and she said I'm in this girl band called Sapphire Soul and I've been in in a girl band too basically said you're trying to copy your life here <laughs> and um we were called the gems I mean we're kind of the same well, kind of theme <laughs> listen Sapphire great Soul. minds uh in 2018 you wrote and sang light up the room for the super drug feel good Mary Curie campaign yes oh my god sorry about you I know that was such a random thing that came my way, but it was a really, really cool experience. Yeah. Are you a songwriter, like in your spare time? Is this another? <laughs> is this another thing to add to your credits? Do you know what? It's something I wish I did more. I tell you what it is. I can't songwrite on my own. I can't just like sit in my room and come up with something. I need a co-writer. I struggle with. I struggle with lyrics. I feel like I don't have anything to say unless somebody can you know question me or spark something in me so actually I so you know with writing for uh, the Superdrug Marie Curie campaign I was approached and we had a brief Mm. um, you know and they wanted to include some of the Marie Curie nurses in the final chorus and we knew it was was for something specific so because I had a brief Mm. and I had a co-writer it was much easier yeah to write something whereas I think if I I would love to do my own album one day yeah but I find it very hard to articulate myself. So maybe maybe down the line at some point. Definitely. So do you've come up with melodies? Is that your thing? Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm better at like I love vocal arranging. I love doing yes. BBs and harmonies and even top line stuff, but it helps if I've just got somebody there to to inspire lyrics. Okay, so shout out lyricists, okay? Search your yes, girl for me melody. Up. I do know <laughs> some people, so that is not name dropping. I just mean I just know people who write. <laughs> Listen. I know Tim Rice. <laughs> Absolutely don't. Um, okay. So one of the coolest jobs that I think I've heard of, which I know you've done, is the Destiny's Child Reimagine and Fugees, the complete rescore with the Rogue Symphony. Like how yes. cool. Did you have to audition for that? Or was that sort of like a somebody you knew that was that was arranging it? So do you know what? This is this is um a story of complete blagging. So this was, I'd say it's around like 2017. I was struggling, struggling to make money. Before and after I went to drama school, I used to do a lot of office temping and I had a permanent office job. Mm. So kind of, you know, in between kind of acting and singing work, I would always work in an office. And it just got to a year where I just couldn't get any temping work. And I was like, but do you know what? I want to be singing full time. Mm. But it's so hard to initially make those contacts. Yeah. And I remember I got offered this gig to sing with this like, like hip hop band. Um, at Venn Street Records, which mm. is in Clapham. Mm. And like the money wasn't great, but I was like, do you know what? Beggars can't be, off we go. It was that like, material I like, you know, it was, mm. you know, R&B, hip hop, pop stuff. Anyway, so I went and did this gig and the other vocalist was a rapper, this guy called Johnny Voltic. Check him out. He's amazing. amazing. And there was one or two songs in the sets that required me to rap. At that point, I wouldn't have called myself a rapper, but I've always had to do a few on function gigs. Yeah. So I yeah. knew like Lauren Hill, do what, that thing, mm. you know, that, that kind of stuff. So I did that. And it, it basically at the end of the gig, he was like, you know, I'm doing this Dr. Dre gig with this um, orchestra 
um, and they, they, they kind of do classic hip hip hop albums um, that you can't hear anymore live. And he was like, the next one they're doing is Fuji's, and you know we're struggling to find a Lauren Hill. Like, can I put your name forward? Obviously, I was like, yes, I need all the work. Then basically, the MD called me the next day, and he was like, uh, he was like, um, I hear you're an MC, and I was like, yes, I am. Oh, I just said yes. And then I had to learn every single Lauren Hill rap on that album. And it wow. is the hardest thing I've ever done because not to shade any other rappers out there, but there's with Lauren Hill, it's poetry, it's an art. And I don't have her flow. I can give you a bit of, you know, your Nicki Minaj's and stuff. Yeah. Her, her flow is a lot more theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the delivery suits me. Whereas with, with Lauren Hill, I found it so much harder, but I somehow ma- managed it, blagged it, and it went really well. Um, and then they just started hiring me for every every gig that they had, basically. So the next next one I did was like a Kanye album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Then we did Destiny's Child, oh, which, which was my fave. Yeah, and then yeah, loads after that. But it, they were they were so fun because like. People who do function gigs will know, like, as you know, they are your like your bread and your butter. Like it, mm. that that's what that's how you get by financially. But you do get tired of yeah. singing Valerie and Silent Silk delivered. Hundred percent. You play "Shake It so Off" be- by Taylor Swift. Oh no, thank you. No. <laughs> yes, absolutely, for me. But, um, so, and I don't mean this to come across in a big-headed way. Mm. You don't always get to use your skills. Actually, use your skills when totally you're hired. Good as an actress as or a singer and I felt like with those with those gigs I was using my skills but I was also being challenged yeah 100% on, on the rapping side of stuff because I'm not a rapper but I was blagging it you were an MC though <laughs> yes, now you apparently. are <laughs> now I am I felt like a pop star if I'm completely yeah. honest because people the audience would go mad because you've got you know at the Kanye show particularly mm. Kanye fans go in mm. you'd think that it was Kanye and Nicki Minaj on stage doing Monster. Yeah. Like th- the reaction was was so amazing. And when we did the Destiny Child ones, I was like, I feel like an absolute pop star. Yeah. That's honestly how I felt. And that's how a gig should make you feel. What would you like to do with them next? Do you think? What would be well, the dream? I think when, when they first started, the idea was to do albums that you can't hear anymore. Right. And then and then but then it kind of progressed that they would do more kind of current albums. I, I think I would like um I don't think they've done a two-pack and I would love to hear a two-pack one or I would like something that that is a bit more of a general like 80s 90s hip-hop mix do you know what I mean yeah. giving it a bit of salt and pepper and, definitely you know definitely I, I would love that I'd love to see an Ashanti one Ashanti and oh, Carol yes. imagine I would love that I'd absolutely yes. love that except that I used to sing along to Ashanti and Jay Rule when I was like five six seven and then I was working out the other day and I put on uh, some of their stuff um my favorite one is um love it when you look at me baby I love that yes one. and I couldn't believe how rude the lyrics are listen me and my friend were just talking about this yesterday like we had no idea as kids what we were singing no no not I used to sing what would you do if you saw us at home crying all alone and I'm like literally me and my brother singing it like when we were seven and five um Louis's favorite I think when he was five was Shaggy it wasn't me like it's just crazy yeah 
No idea. No, no idea. idea. Um, but yeah, you're Actually, do you know what would be a good one? Mm. Sean Paul. Oh my God, Sean, Sean Paul, Paul would be insane. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. then you've got Blue Cantrell and you've got yeah. uh, Beyonce. And uh, I think he did a song with the Saturdays. Okay, so moving away from Sean Paul and back to your long list of credits... Um, and yeah. most recently, obviously, you've been cast in the fantastic Lambert Jackson production, streamed online musical, Brooklyn. Amazing. Yes. It was like a full film scale musical. It was absolutely amazing. It was a movie. Yeah. It was a full movie on location. Um, you know, it's been it's been amazing. Like, thank God for Lambert Jackson. They've been really on it with the with the online content this whole time. You know, uh, providing work for people who yeah. have you know lost it this year and mm. um props to them they've props been fantastic absolutely amazing and a, a phenomenal cast you were alongside now how did you go through the audition process for that or was that sort of because I know a lot of you within the cast have done concerts for them was it sort of we've we're going to pull some of our singers and actors together or did you did you have to audition I didn't know it wasn't an, an audition thing I, th- I think it was more a kind of pull people they know yeah. um I mean, obviously, with the title role of Brooklyn, they probably had Emma in mind from the beginning because it's you need somebody who can sing that, and there aren't that many people. Um, with me, I um, my first ever solo gig was in January 2020, and mm. that was with Lambert Jackson. You know, they approached me saying, "Do you want to do a gig at the other palace?" Um, and I did, and it was on the one year anniversary in January 2021. I, I po- yeah. kind of reposted my little video from it online. And then kind of a few hours later, I got a call from um, from Jamie Lambert saying, you know, the next kind of thing we're doing is Brooklyn. I don't know if you'd be interested. Um, so, you know, I have worked with them before. Amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm just thrilled that they they hit me up for Brooklyn. I'm glad you did the post as well. I mean, I'm sure there was more you know, to it, than, but but great that you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you, they already had you in mind, obviously. Uh, so we're going to move on and and play play a little game, first of all. This is called Audition Styles. So I'm going to give you two options and I want you to tell me which one's your fave. Okay. Okay. Let's start. God, that, sorry, but that was the most professional I've ever introduced the game before. I've just impressed <laughs> myself. Normally I over-explain everything. Thanks, hon. Uh, 16 bars versus a full song. 16 bars, 100%. <laughs> Even if... It's not been specified. I will never do a cut that is longer than two minutes, two minutes max. Really? That's Personally, I always, I always think leave them wanting more, not giving it. That's enough. Yeah. Thanks. That's all for today. Four minutes, 56. Yeah. Uh, own arrangement versus sheet music. So I guess that means own arrangement versus original. For an audition, I'd, I'd go with sheet music slash original own arrangement for a concert go for it fab piano versus backing track um in the for the theater world piano uh, piano always um if you're going a bit more in the function world then you probably can do a backing track monologues versus script <sighs> uh, it depends what it's for yeah um Usually I would say script because there's not actually much 
there's not much work out there that that requires you to do big monologues unless you're doing Shakespeare. So I'd probably go for script. Fabulous. And would you rather in an audition situation that you've been sent through, you know, all the um, material, would you rather have more songs to learn or more script? More script. More script. Uh, Do you prefer to audition to a panel that you know or a casting director that you know or complete strangers? That is a good question. Um, There's pros and cons to both. Sometimes if it's people that you know on the panel, you feel like they'll be a bit more forgiving if you, because they know they know your skills. Mm -hmm. So if you're not quite on some, hit something quite right, Mm. they can be more forgiving. But also if you know them, there's almost a bit more more pressure because you don't want them to think you're shit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I guess if they don't know you, there's more pressure to wow them in that yeah. five minutes of having the room so some, maybe I'll go with a panel of people I know is it more likely because you've been you know you've been working and you've been a dropping actress and singer you know for you've had a great career do you is it kind of should I say that question again or should I like stop stuttering oh my god I'll say this question again <laughs> so obviously <laughs> I'm not re-recording this this question um You've worked so much. Is it rare that you go in and see a panel that you've never met before? No, no, no. That definitely still happens. I'd say I graduated 10 years ago. There are still certain casting directors that I've never been in the room with. Interesting. There's a lot of stuff I still don't get seen for. And also it's, you know, I graduated from GSA in 2010 and I booked Bendit La Beckham, which was my first theatre job. Mm-hmm. at the end of 2014 and I started it in 2015 is that right yeah so I didn't work for four and a half years out of college not really? a single not a single theatre job in four and a half years you know so so basically my career mm. has happened in the past five and a half years wow one year of which has been in a, in a pandemic so even though I've been out a long time I yeah. only feel like I've started to gain a bit of momentum in the past two three years if I'm completely honest wow it's amazing that everybody is so different, isn't it? Yeah. That everyone's career is so different. So different, which is why I, you know, I I always, like, even when I was, you know, in, in school, I used to sing with the jazz band in, in Loughborough. And mm. when I was at uni, I used to sing. Yeah, I've always done function band stuff. So, you know, when I wasn't getting any theatre auditions, I, I kind of had the music side to, to push a little bit and, like, make sure I was always creative and, and using my skills in that way. But... It's, I find it so much easier to make your own work with singing. Yeah. And promote yourself as a singer is much easier than to promote yourself as an actor. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't just put on a play. It's much harder than putting on a concert. You don't sit in your room and do, do a monologue <laughs> and then put it online, you know? So, um, so sorry, I've completely gone away from your original <laughs> question, which is, no, no. which is, I still find that I'm going into audition rooms where, I don't know everybody on the panel. And if, right. if I haven't met them before, it's probably only once or twice. Okay. Very interesting. I didn't know that about you. Oh, I've put in brackets to learn slash perform. I don't know what that question is. <laughs> I've got no idea. Okay. I don't know what that is. I don't know. It might come to you. Like, in it bit. might come to me in a minute. My last question for this game which is a okay. thrilling game, is do you prefer to perform your own material or scent material? 100% for me, 
scent material. If you're going in for a particular musical, say, mm. I'm going to take a song, you know, my own pop song or whatever they've asked for. But ultimately, it's an established show. Yeah. They know what they want. So just give me the material. And that's actually what that I liked sense. about Jamie. Um, I first round, they sent me material and then I got the job offer. Wow. Whereas what can happen is if you take your own material, they mm. might, you know, they're always, they always run behind for time. There's never enough time scheduled. You'll go in, you'll sing something and it might not be quite what they had in mind. And mm. then they might give it, thank you next. Yeah. Whereas actually, if you sing the material, they'll have a clearer idea of if you're right for that part or not. Totally agree with you. I remember I did an audition yes. that wanted pop and the public yeah. was literally like, can you sing Gloria Estefan? And I was thinking, I love Gloria Estefan, but I don't think of her right now when I think about contemporary pop. Yes, you're <laughs> so right. And, I, you know, if, if it's for um, a new show or a workshop, something that hasn't been put on before, then I understand doing your own material more because they want to see what you bring to the table mm. because it's going to be a workshop environment. Whereas if you're going in for... Wicked, lame Miz. Mm. You know, I uh, material, material, definitely. Yeah. So you started obviously in music, like me. What made yes. you, in your final year or what have you, go? I want to go and do an MA at theatre school. It Was theatre something you did before uni and you wanted to get back into or was it recommended to you? How did it come about? I always knew I wanted to get into theatre, but I think when I finished school, I felt like I wasn't quite ready to go to drama school. Mm-hmm. And I also part of me just wanted a bit of the uni experience. I wanted to move away from home. I wanted to go really far away and just have the uni experience. And I think I a little bit had it in my mind that if I do a music degree, you know, I've got it to fall back on if I ever want, want to be a teacher. I mean, I don't want to be a teacher full time, but I think that's, I, you know, in my head, I was thinking the smart thing would be to have a plan B. That's kind of what I was thinking. But I knew that, like, I knew I was never, that was never going to happen because actually my, my music theory isn't that great. You know, I don't, um, my, my instrument or my degree was classical voice. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't play, I can bash out a chord really badly, but I, and I played the recorder growing up. It is a real instrument. I I feel like um, I'm looking in the mirror. This is exactly the same as me. But you know, I don't, I don't play an Mm. instrument um, to even a grade three standard. Mm. I did grade one violin back in the day. Um, And I did do my, I did do my grade five theory because I did grade eight singing. Mm hmm. And you had to do grade five theory. Um, and I guess it was good. In, and I did my A-level music. So I guess it was good enough for me to get in. But I had to work at it. But but in my mind, I always knew that I wanted to go to drama school. Yeah. Amazing. Would you recommend an MA for anyone who wanted to get into, into the arts? Or do you think you could have had the career you have without the MA? I think it's a very different time now. Because actually, even when I was doing my MA... It was around that time that, you know, the, you, you, you had yourself a problem like Maria and, 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 and the um, Oliver one. Like, it, it was around that time that those shows were big. Mm. So even from me kind of going to uni and then going to drama school and coming out, the industry had changed because right. all of those TV girls were kind of your, your stars. And I feel like, with, you know, that era before me, it really made a difference where you went to drama school. It obviously like ebbed and flowed at like which ones were the best ones, yeah. but it really meant something if you had on your CV mm. GSA. 
or, you know, or wherever. Mm. Not that it doesn't mean anything, didn't mean anything when I graduated or it doesn't mean anything now. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the industry has gone through different phases. And that Mm. phase that I graduated, I felt like, oh, now it's it's social media is starting to have more of a presence Mm. and people are going on these TV shows and you know what what does that mean and whereas now we've gone into this really gone into this social media era you know instagram and um tiktok and and now you know you can get people posting on social media and getting you know experience or jobs or or or, you know roles from that whereas i know what you mean i certainly when i was auditioning 10 years ago well over 10 years ago it was if you want to work in the industry you should be going to this school Whereas because I didn't, I now say to my students, like, no, you don't have to. It does really help. It really does. Um, And you can have great contacts. You have an agent showcase. But, you know, I think I totally agree with you. It was sort of like where you go defines you and what kind of an actor you are maybe you know, if you went to Raz or you were this kind of actor or Bristol Old Vic or Art said, it was there was like a kind of um not rumors about each one but it was if you want to go here you're this type of person yeah I think when I was younger it seemed like the only route into becoming a professional performer was to go through a a drama school Mm, whereas I don't think that's the case now Mm. it's the short answer it's (laughs) fab excellent love that I agree So we're going to play another game now. I would like to talk about rituals or like any superstitions you have with auditions. So strictly rather than the show, strictly audition only. Do you have like an audition outfit that you go for or do you dress for the role? Because I have to say, I love your earring collection. Whenever I see you, you've always got fab earrings. Shout Thank out you. the earrings. I, I try to give a nod to the role or the show in some way, but I probably have a few staple pieces that have done the rounds. Yeah. Um, like a classic jumper dress. I love a jumper dress and a boot and a heeled boot. Love that um, heeled boot. And I'll probably just vary the colour depending on what I'm, I'm auditioning for. But yeah, I don't think I have one specific no. thing. I'll try and I'll try and do a nod to to whatever I'm auditioning for. I feel like the heeled boot is made for a musical theatre audition, don't you? Yeah. It is for the musical theatre audition, I swear. Yeah. Go to vocal warm-ups. Yes, I do. I have like one or two saved from like certain singing teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also have a couple of things on like Spotify, a couple Mm -hmm. of like warm-ups on there that I love. Um, it's just finding one that works for you. And then as I'm getting ready and like doing my hair, mm. I will I will do those. Okay, rep. Do you have any specific rep that you use for, say, for example, contemporary pop musical or for a legit? She's giving me a smile. When I tell you <laughs> that most casting directors have only heard me sing one song. Oh. And that song is I'm Out of Love by Anastasia. Stop it. <laughs> That is my audition song. Honestly, honestly, that is one of mine too. I feel like you've just, you're just answering as me. Are you the same person? Yeah. That song is, oh my God, I love I'm it. I'm not joking. I feel like I left drama school with this rep, you know, rep folder. But most of the time, I think it's also because of the, you know, I struggle to get seen for certain kind of things. The stuff that I get in the room for more, they always want either a pop rock or something of that vibe in the first audition, which mm-hmm. means that most of the time I'm singing the same one or two songs. 
Yeah. If I'm completely honest. Um, I could probably switch that up. But in all honesty, normally in that first round, what they want to hear is the potential of the level of your voice and your performance. So I just think in that sense, I'd rather sell myself the best I can so that when you then hopefully get the material, you can then give them a wide, wider breadth of what you can do. Definitely. And what a song. I love that song. Such a good song. And also you can like really have fun with it, can't you? Because it's it's sassy. It's quite confrontational, yes. but it's like... Yeah, so it's hard to not well. sing it like her. Oh. I've had to like really like get out of doing her vowels. Yeah, but oh, yeah. It's a vibe. Yeah. It is. Now, baby, come on. That's how I... <laughs> yeah. I'm clearing that off. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Oh, I love it. Uh, do you have anyone that you'd call before or after the audition? Yes. I always... Um, I usually leave my agent, like, a voice memo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll normally call, like, usually Laura. Oh, I'll nice. send her, like you know, give her a full debrief afterwards. And she does the same with her auditions to me as well. Amazing. Amazing. What about, are you a tell-all or a keep-it-a-secret kind of person? Um, I'm a tell-all to like one or, you know, like one or two bezies. Mm. But other than that, I, I don't know, actually. I think I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm getting a bit more open about stuff because actually you know there's a lot of stuff that I don't get seen for and there's a lot of stuff for people who look like me don't get seen for so in that sense we're starting more now to to share what we're in for because which yeah. we want to get in the door more yeah definitely. Um, so it helps when we know that have you have you been yeah. you know so I will with certain friends be you know they'll message me around and like this is auditioning have you are you being seen or or if I get something through I'll be like Heber, you know, I'm in for this, try and get in or, you know, so in that sense, um, I am becoming more tell-all because I, I want my friends to to be seen and, and to get jobs, even if I'm not getting them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually, I think for people who look like me, it's actually better in TV than it is in, in theatre. You know, some of these, lot, there's never been anybody that looks like me that is of my heritage south asian you know we're we're the largest minority group in the uk yeah by double there's never been anybody who looks like me i don't think in les mis or in wicked you know we want some female south asian action yeah definitely because the talent is out there oh definitely and it is very very at snail's pace Mm. starting to get a bit better but i mean like a snail's pace i feel like in this actually over the pandemic I've had a couple of auditions for things that I don't think I ever would have gotten in for before. Now, whether or not I'm actually being considered for those parts is a different question, but I'm get, I'm starting to get in the door a bit more for certain things, but there's there's a long way to go still. I'm really pleased to hear that that, that is the case because it needs to be, it needs to be happening. Yeah, and it's not going to change unless we're on posters. Like as much as it's wonderful to have a few, you know, I I, I don't want to be third turban from the left. I want to be giving it, I dreamed a dream. Here's my face at the front of the theatre. 100%. You know, that's the only way to make, to make progressive change mm. and to inspire people is to see our, our name in lights and our faces on posters. Definitely said, Jill, I couldn't agree more. Mm. 
So before our last game, I want to chat to you about audition stories. So auditions, I'm sure for you, as you as you said, you know, you're in the last five years since Bend It Like Beckham, you've been, you know, getting more and more roles and things like that. And you've been working a lot more. I just want to ask you before you talk about audition stories, how does that first sort of audition process for Bend It Like Beckham compare to nowadays? So obviously Brooklyn, you were called by, you know, Lambert Jackson Productions and said, yeah, Brooklyn. What was it like for Bend It Like Beckham? God, for Bend It, it was, there were so many rounds. Yeah, I can um, imagine. And I remember in my first round singing like two or three songs. First round? Ooh. Yeah. I think I sang, I think I might have done Rolling in the Deep, Adele. Great. And then I think I did Life of the Party, which was like one of my go-to songs mm. from Wild Party, but I had to do it in an English accent. And I think I might, did I do Anastasia? I can't remember. But then obviously, like after the second round, it was then a material. Mm. But because it was a brand new show, the process was was much longer because they were still navigating like how the covers would work and who's covering who and and and, and all of that. But I do, I do remember it was, you know, with, with all the dance, dance rounds, kill me, mm. which is which is not for me. Um, it must have been about six or seven, I think, for that. Wow. Wow. Is that the most you've ever done for an audition for a part? Sorry. Yes, yeah. Whereas with Jamie, it was, I did one round and then got it. Wow, one round. Well, they must have known straight away that the part was yours. Amazing. And have you got like an audition story, good, bad, hilarious, whatever you want, surprising, whatever you want to call it, that you can think of? Oh, God. Um, Do you know what? There was once I was on tour with the play and I was like up in like, I think it was Bradford maybe. Mm. And I had to come down to London for an audition. And there was another girl in the cast who was auditioning as well. So we both got the train down together. And then the auditions ran over. I mean, like an hour and a half over. So we were just waiting and waiting and waiting to the point where when I got in the room, I just, my throat was dry and like my voice had gone. I don't know why. And I sang. I probably sang. I'm out of love. And I knew the pianist. The pianist was someone who actually I think I knew from Bendit. And so I sang and literally by the end, I was like, I've got nodules. That's how bad I sounded. You know, to the point where while I was singing, I was like, they'll stop me in a minute. Surely they'll stop me. Whereas what I should have done is just stop myself, which is what I would do now, which I didn't then. But I was like, surely they'll stop me. Surely they'll stop me. They didn't. And I got to the end and then there was silence. And then this pianist who knows me just went, what happened to you? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. There was another time. Do you know what? Actually, before um, whole thing. Year before last, I auditioned for Sunday in the Park with George, Mm. and I was like, "Oh, right, this is great. I love Sondheim. This is Mm. the kind of show I would love to do." But some of the material that they sent was in a really funny part of my voice. Like I'm a coloratura soprano, but my mezzo range is really weak. That's always what I needed to work on. My, 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 and, but there's not there's not many musicals that require you to use a top top soprano sound. It, it is, it's normally more this like mezzo, like mm. if anything, a dramatic soprano kind of range. Yeah. Um, kind of mixed with a more kind of chesty musical theatre resonance. Mm. So anyway, I practiced this 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 number. It was only very short, and I practiced it, and I, and I knew my vocal choices. And again, I went in the room. I know the MD is an MD that I've worked for before. So I was like, I really want him to just think I'm good because yeah. it's been a few years. And I walked in and you know when you just have an absolute rain fart and I just sang it. I placed it completely differently to how I oh, practiced no. it. 
I don't know why. And I sang it and it was just like, it, it was terrible. But what I should have done is laughed and said, I'm so sorry. Can I do that again? Yeah. But I didn't. I just, again, there was just, you know, a bit of a silence. They were like, okay, great. Thank you. I think that's what I'm, I'm only learning in, in very recent times is to speak up and just say, actually, no, can I do that again? Because yeah. most of the time they'll say yes. Whereas I think I've never been confident enough to do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you feel like you can't because it, it's it's so it's so alien, isn't it? That experience where you just walk in and you have to sing and you're on display and you know you're being judged, you know, yeah. good or bad. And especially in musical theatre, because it's not like, you know, when I've auditioned for plays, it's a very different experience. You know, you come in, you sit down, they talk to you for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. they get to know you, you work on the material. So there are always less rounds when you when you do a play because they use the time a bit more efficiently whereas in musical theatre you can do seven rounds and you've not had a conversation with them so it's, it's often very in and out mm. so in, in that moment you can feel a bit like oh, 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 oh can I, we don't know whether to speak up whereas now yeah post pandemic now that I'm a bit older and a bit wiser and more confident I would I wish I could go back to that audition for something part of your be like sorry lol can I do that again I know it's hindsight isn't it so annoying yeah yeah. It's just in that moment you feel like you can't. It's like school, like you're in front of the head teacher and you're like, I can't speak yeah. up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So mentioning, you just mentioned a, a play there, you know, in plays. You obviously classically trained singing wise and you've done pop musicals, you've done your pop concerts, R&B concerts. If you had to choose between play, legit musical and contemporary pop musical, what would you choose? I can't choose. And this is, uh, this is the the thing that I struggle with the most, but I strive for is I don't want to do just one thing. I would be bored if I did just one thing and I wouldn't be using my skills if I did just one thing, but people try to box you. Yes. And that's what I've struggled with. The first thing somebody hears me do, they think that's what I do. So if they hear me sing an R&B song, they think that that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I don't do anything else. If they've heard me sing classical, they think that's what I do. And I don't do anything else. If they've seen me in a musical, then it's hard to be seen as an as just an actor as well, yeah. um, and that's ridiculous. Mm. But it's the hardest thing I think to fight in this industry. And for me, what I want success to me is variety. Yeah, I want variety in life, and I want variety in my work because I think I have the skills in all yeah. of those things. You know, one thing that I really want to do is I want to I want to go into TV. Um, and I'm getting the auditions now, mm-hmm. but it's booking those jobs is hard when you've got so much music stuff on your CV. And it's like, why should I take all of that off? Because that's stuff that I've had to work hard for. Yeah. I've had to grind for 10 years and not get in the room for, for four of those years. Mm. Um, so it's something that I really, I really strive for. I really want to be able mm. to use my skills and I can't, I wouldn't be happy doing just plays for the rest of my life. No, no. I also wouldn't, I also wouldn't be happy just gigging for the rest of my life. Definitely. I want it all. I want it yeah. all, Harriet. I totally agree with you. I think it's amazing that you've got this, you know, side to you that you can do legit. You can do pop very well. Like not just like, oh yeah, you can kind of do both. Like you're amazing, immaculate R&B riffs but you can also do legit and not have to do that, you know, yeah. R&B style. But then you can go into straight plays and you'd be just as happy not having a song in a show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's amazing that you can do all those three. That's part of the reason why I, I like session singing, because mm. 
like I'm, I'm good at it because you know I do have a you know the music degree background I'm good you know I'm a, I'm a pretty good sight reader mm. um and I can sing most vocal style so when I'm doing session singing I feel like I'm using my skills you know mm. so I don't always need to be singing if I'm telling a story because mm. I, I I'm I'm flexing those muscles all the time anyway I just want variety I just want to use my skills definitely I I feel exactly the same as you I think it's we're a lot of the time put into a box but especially with our training if you've done music I mean part of my course was learning vocal styles I had to sing um Black Dog one day is it Black Dog what's that song oh have I said that wrong I had to sing I'll find it and I will send it to you but also like Metallica one week and then like yes. like Robert Palmer the next week and then Dusty the next. So I think in the music world, especially when you session sing, um, which for anyone who doesn't know what session singing is, it's basically where you get hired for your voice and your skill. But there's a brief a lot of the time. It could be backing vocals, like I mentioned, Sedgil's done before, or it could be top line writing or it could be, could you come in and sing this for this advert and we need it in a blues soul style. So you have yeah. to be versatile, don't you? And yeah. could you sing it like Pink? Oh, no, actually, can you sing it more like Ariana? And you've got to understand how other people sing and then turn your voice into that um, yeah. and fit the brief, which I think is, is really important. We're going to play one last game before we go called Never Have I Ever. Oh, okay. It's not a, a, a drink, sordid drinking game version. It is just audition related, obviously. Let's okay. talk about uh, timekeeping. Have you ever been late? Well, you did talk about it earlier with the like running over time, but have you ever been late and been like so stressed? Yes, I have actually, yeah. Um, and I've also once got off the tube and like felt faint like fainted so then I was late to the movement call that was the little shop of horrors I think um so yeah yeah it happens it happens it does. and you get so stressed but that's why the podcast I think is helpful because everyone thinks they're the only person that's like been late or had this absolute drama but we all yeah always happened to all of us I was late yeah. for a dance call once because I couldn't stop weeing so there you go <laughs> uh have you ever auditioned for a role that you were like I am so wrong for this why have they called me in do you know what when I got the audition through for Jamie I was like I'm not gonna get this the two women who played the part before me are in their 50s I was like they're over they're over 20 years older than me I was like I'm not right for this and then I went and then I got the job first round (laughs) first round from one audition so there you go and yeah actually not because you look 50 (laughs) let's hope not um back in the day I would go to auditions that I was like I'm so not right for this but you know I was with a new agent or it was the first time I was being seen by that casting director so I would just go like I auditioned once for Mamma Mia I was like there is nothing about me that is right for Mamma Mia I can't dance I actually I, you know I enjoy the show to watch it but mm. it's it's just not for me in terms of style I was like, I'm so not right for this. I'm, I, sh- I should not be going up for a part that requires you to dance if, if, to an efficient level. <laughs> I love that. But if you want, if you want grade one violin, she's your girl. I'm your girl. You're the MC. Have you ever sacrificed something really important to be at an audition? Um, I'm so sure I will have. Um, 
I mean, this wasn't a, like a sacrifice, but when I was, um, it was kind of when I was just finishing drama school, um, kind of the, the first I, thing I did was Bernstein's Mass at the South Bank Centre. Mm. And everybody in my year was auditioning for it. And basically I'd been on, on a, we had like a bit of time off and then we had the auditions. And in that time off, I was in Dubai with my family for my, it was like my aunt's, I think it was my aunt's 50th. So we went on like a girl's trip. And I don't know if you remember, but it's when the, um, that ash cloud thing happened. Was it yes. over Iceland? Yes. And basically we got stranded in Dubai. <gasps> Thank God I was with my mum and my family because I, Dubai is not the kind of place that you can afford to stay longer than you've planned. Oh, wow. So basically we had to like, we, we were there, we were there for an extra, at least four or five days. But I was like, whatever flight comes through first, I'm the first one to go because auditions had started. And I was like, I need to get back. Yeah. So I, as soon as one of us, the flight, flight came through, I came back first on my own. Oh, so wow. I didn't make that fast, but I like, nearly, nearly missed it. Oh, God. And what an excuse, though. That's a great excuse. I'm sorry, I'm in Dubai. There's been an ash cloud in Iceland. <laughs> Nothing I can do. But it does happen, actually. Yeah. Actually, not with me, but with other people. Um, with my friend Hannah Stratton. In Actually, this was during my Jamie year. We, you know, I had a few days off and we booked to go to Barcelona. And then obviously, classic, two days before we were going, she got an audition three for that morning and it couldn't be changed. So she had to go to her, her audition, change her flight, and then meet me in Barcelona. That's so it the does, way it, it is, happen. though, isn't it? You've got to book a holiday yeah. and then you'll get an audition. 100%. That's and the best thing. If, if that's, um, mm. But I have had friends who have, you know, had to sacrifice weddings and mm. all that sort of stuff. I went to Bruges last year and literally I was getting ready for dinner on the first night and I had an audition like two days later. So I was like, great. <laughs> but do you know what I'm hoping? I think you should all change now because what we've learned is... Self-taping is sufficient. Yeah, definitely. You know, if I'm away, what I'll send you is a safe self-tape. I'll be back in three days. See you then. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, have you ever been on a panel? Have I ever been on a panel? Not professionally, but I have um I have like friends who teach at, at like stage schools and stuff and gone in and like helped and kind of been on, on panels in that sense I, I, I've been on panels at you know at uni, at uni when I was mm. like in the theatre society and I was putting on concerts and stuff but but not not like professionally I've seen obviously you've got like your MD credit on devolution and you said about vocal arrangements that you like to do do you think you'd ever like to do musical directing for a full-scale musical no I'm not good enough oh don't say that no, because like what, what I'm good at is I, I could like vocal coach. Yeah. But I can't like MD a band. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you could be like vocal captain. Is that a thing? Yeah, we, we, they don't. And I think they should because you have a yeah. dance captain. Yeah. I think I think they should have vocal captains. Um, yeah, because when you're seven weeks in of a tour and the harmony starts slipping. that's Yeah. What... Um, so, yeah, that's something I, I think I'd be um, qualified for. Hmm. But no, I no way, no way would I be able to MD, MD a band. My music theory isn't good enough, despite my music degree. <laughs> Have you ever forgotten lyrics and made them up on the spot in an audition? Uh, oh my God, I must have, surely. I can't think of a specific time, but I, I will have. I'm quite good at um, just making up words on the spot. Yeah. Not gobbledygook, I'll say actual words, but yeah. it won't make sense. Yeah. So actually, it's probably not noticeable half the time. 
Also, I don't pressure myself, especially in the first couple of rounds, to be off book. I would use the, I would use the music and the script. Oh, right. Amazing. Amazing. That's the, the material that they sent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sedgil, you've passed with flying colours these three games. All I need from you now is just a little piece of advice for anyone listening about, to be honest, I've been noting things down. I've been no longer than a two minute cut. But if you've got any advice for anyone about maybe coming out of the pandemic into the industry or um, or about your your own experience within the industry? Gosh, what can I say? I think what I've learned or what I've started to do in this pandemic is re- to reach out to people. You know, you can't expect every MD and every casting director to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any shame in contact- contacting people and, and saying, you know, you're putting on some really great work. I would love to be involved. Here's my website or here's my spotlight page you know, I'd, I'd be grateful to work with you in the future or to come and have a meeting or something like that. Mm. I don't think there's any shame or anything wrong with doing that because there are so many of us, you can't expect mm. every MD or every casting director to know who you are. That's my number one. Number two is support and research. Like know what the current climate is, you know, go, go and watch things, go and support people because it's, a, you'll be inspired, but that's also how you meet people. And you don't know what's going to come from that. Definitely. And my final one is there's power in saying no. And that comes that comes as you, the, the, the more you work and, and the more you're around, because I know that's that's a very different thing when you're, when you, when you're new in the industry is, you, you know, you, you want to be taking in many ways everything that comes your way. But for me at this point, I know my worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't do certain things for free. I won't just go up for an audition now because there's not been work for a year. I still know the things I I will and won't do at this stage in my career. And I'm not afraid to say no. And I'm not afraid to be open with my agent in that, in that way. I think it's really important to have an open conversation with your agent. That is about building a career, not just getting jobs. A hundred percent. You you just have to know where you are at what stage you're at in your career and what you want to do next if you are at a point where you're like do you know what I've covered a few times now I don't want to cover anymore Mm. the only way that's going to change is if you start saying no because otherwise casting directors will know that you are that you are really good in that role and you are reliable in that role and they won't see you as anything else until you start saying no so do you you know it's, it's knowing where you are knowing where you want to go next and then then committing to that because it might take it might take six months, it might take six years, mm. but if you stick to it, stick to your guns and persevere, it will eventually happen. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Sedgil, for coming on and chatting to me today. I've absolutely loved it, and I'm just loving the fact that you do Anastasia. I'm out of love. I love that <laughs> song. <laughs> My MC, MC guest. So, Sedgil, if you could just do the honours of saying thanks, that's all for today for the outro. I'd be ever so grateful. And thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, that's all for today. Amazing. And I'm going to stop <laughs> recording. Bye.